movies based on actual events, actual facts, things that have happened to people, places where things have happened that are completely unexplained. That is what this week's episode of Paranormally Speaking will be revolving around. I will be discussing everything from poltergeist to The Conjuring to The Exorcist and so on. And I will be having my son join me on this episode because he is a major movie buff and has his own review blog that he reviews movies and writes reviews on. And he has a pretty huge following, so hopefully this will give him some uh, more people to add to his audience roster. I'm Neil Parks, your host for the podcast, Paranormally Speaking. Uh, We're going to get started here soon, but first, I need you to hold for a few seconds to hear from one of my amazing sponsors. Thank you. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Now, Luke, how do you normally like to watch scary movies? Do you like to watch them on a larger screen, say the new projector we have, or do you like to watch them in your own room, or say down here in the man cave? What do you prefer? Probably down here in the basement, like... I think it adds to the element of, like, watching it. Makes it spookier, I guess. And you know that the women won't bother us down here. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Now, there are nights when we all want to curl up in a bed and watch a horror movie. doesn't matter what time of the year it is. Halloween seems to be the most popular, but if you're like me, you watch those year-round. And thankfully, you're going on 15 now, and I've introduced you to the horror genre a few years ago, and you're kind of addicted to it like I've always been. Uh, We all love doing that, but what makes a scary movie scarier is knowing that it's based on a true story. Knowing that somebody actually went through that terror in reality is something that does not let one sleep easily unless you're like me and nothing bothers you. I'm going to go over 26 horror movies based on true incidents that you absolutely need to see. Now, this one you've not seen yet, but we've discussed it. The Exorcist. I, I need to see it. It's like... One of the classic possession horror movies. And this one came out two years before my birth. And The Exorcist is based on a book which is based on a real-life encounter of a boy named Roland Doe, who was... (laughs) Sounds like you're Roland and Doe. (laughs) Who was possessed by demons in 1949. The Exorcism was so scary that there have been books written on people who witnessed it. This story will give you goosebumps, all for very real reasons. Supposedly, one of the priests that was involved in the exorcism was actually from Portsmouth, Ohio. And the encounter, he was, at that time, only 23 years old. He had just gotten out of uh, seminary and and, uh, training for the priesthood. And it was one of his first cases, was working that, along with two other priests. And the encounter shook him so deeply and so badly that it actually made his hair turn completely white oh, really? from the traumatic experience. Oh, that's, that's very unique, actually. Yeah. And he developed a drinking problem. Yeah. So oh, yeah. The Exorcist uh, sh- should be on your list for 
one to watch that's based on actual encounters, actual facts. But there's that scene in there where she's jamming the crucifix into her hoo-ha and saying, hey, Jesus, F you. It's unsettling. And it's not for uh, the faint of heart or weak uh, stomach people, but still a, a great movie nonetheless to, to catch and to watch at any point, any time of the year. Did you know when it first came out, people were like vomiting in the theater and everything? Yeah, I remember that story. The scariest movie ever made. They were falling into the aisles and screaming and leaving the theater. Now, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, that one I introduced you to last year, and that was released in 1974 originally. And this movie is loosely based on America's famous serial killer, Ed Gein. Or is it Gein? It's Gine, I think. Gine, I thought yeah. so. I've always had trouble pronouncing that. I mean, it looks like, phonetically, it looks like Gine, so that's what I go with. Uh, he had nine human skin masks mm. in his possession at the time of his arrest. And dude was from New England, like <laughs> one of the most laid-back areas of New England. And he was in a very small community, but he had issues with his mother. And oh. that also leads to... Another movie I'll be discussing that has a connection to the Ed Gein story, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, the remake from 2010 we won't talk about, but the original, it's great 80s horror slasher schlock. It's funny. Really funny because it's so absurd, so ridiculous. But that, um, if you love blood, gore, and knife-fingered ghosts, then this is it. It's for you. The makers of this movie were inspired by a group of Leo Laotian refugees who had died in throes of a nightmare. The medical report said that there was nothing wrong with them physically, but they had died while sleeping from being scared to death. Mm. So that, the, that inspired the story of Freddy Krueger wreaking havoc on people yeah. in their dreams. Oh, they turned them into like a child molester in the remake. Yeah. Which is... Yeah, it's mm. kind of like, well, that's not exactly the original story, but no, let's roll with it. Let's make it modern. <laughs> let's, let's create an evil element more so than what he was in the beginning. Child's Play from 1988. Yes. That movie's comical. Uh, not, a, not a darn thing scary about it. Uh, the script was based on a nurse who allegedly put a voodoo curse on author Robert Eugene Otto, which transformed one of his childhood dolls into a nighttime menace. And we've all seen scary movies with possessed dolls, but knowing that the doll really exists is spooky oh, yeah, enough. Definitely. And the Amityville Horror. And this is a story that has been very important to my cognitive years and into my adulthood. And in fact, I was involved in the 2013 documentary called My Amityville Horror, it was released in 2013. I got to do a big intro at the um, Gateway Film Theater Center in Columbus. Oh, and, I didn't know you did that. That's interesting. Let's see. In 2013, you were what? Six, seven? You were born in 07, yeah, so. Six, I think. Yeah. yeah. You probably don't remember. I've, I'm always talking about stupid stuff I do, but I had the honor of presenting the film to the audience for the premiere, and I was involved in the documentary. And the movie is based on events that took place in 1975 at 112 Ocean Avenue, the new house of the Lutz family in Amityville. And this has been 
a very discussed case among paranormal researchers. For example, uh, the paranormal experts, the couple, Ed and Lorraine uh, Warren, uh, Lorraine Warren, they were involved in one of the first dive-in cases thoroughly investigating that property, and that's where that photo surfaced that we were discussing the other day where random shots of the Amityville house were taken on the inside, and you see that phantom yeah. boy peeking out from the room. Yeah, the Amityville um, horror case is terrifying. It's it's absolutely terrifying, and it's true to nature. A psycho, that's I, one of our favorites because we're Hitchcock fans. That was 1960. It was essentially what kicked off the horror genre, in, in a sense, because that predated uh, the Night of, of the Living Dead. Uh, this thriller horror movie is loosely inspired by our old friend Ed Gein's crimes and Wisconsin murders. There have been various follow-ups in this movie pertaining to the topics of what happened between Ed Gein and his victims. It is an absolute must to watch. <laughs> what are you looking at? I thought your mom was down here. <laughs> You're scaring me. The Girl Next Door, not to be confused with the Elisha Cuthbert film, uh, which is a comedy. Uh, This movie is loosely based on what is said to be the most terrible crime that took place in Indiana. Sylvia Likens was tortured and eventually killed by Gertrude Benes Zeski in 1965, and the movie was inspired by it. Uh, This girl did this to Sylvia Likens, And there were other children present when it was happening, and they just stood by silently and watched as it happened. The Conjuring from 2013. Ed and Lorraine Warren, my inspirations and mentors, were real-life paranormal investigators who claimed that this case was exceptionally hard for them to deal with. Are you a fan of possessed dolls? This film has it here for you because this is what introduces us to Annabelle. And that film offshoot from the series of The Conjuring. Now, those are all uh, directed by, um, shoot, what's his name? Not all of them. Some of them. James Wan. James Wan. I wasn't say James Wang, but it's James Wan. And he's also the one who did the Insidious films, which, as I pointed out to you on my IMDb page, I'm credited in those films – for being uh, an inspiration for one of the characters, uh-huh. which was Specs, uh, the paranormal investigator Specs, the guy with the glasses. Oh, yeah. For some reason, I inspired that uh, creation of that character. Uh, I didn't. So maybe, maybe James Wan thought of you. Oh, actually, no. It was the guy who played that character. Oh. I was at the Mothman Festival as a guest speaker in two thousand and nine, and met him talked to him, and he was sharing a story with me of what he'd like um, to do, and he was asking my advice on how how to handle this or what my take would be on it. And sure enough, 2010 comes out, Insidious is released, and there I am on the big screen. I didn't see a single red cent for it, but whatever. Uh, I I guess um, the, the greatest form of flattery is imitation. The next film, Deranged, from 1974. Never heard of it. Um, Ever loved someone so much that you kept their body, even after their death? This 1974 movie is exactly about that. 
It is inspired by the life of America's most notorious serial killer, Ed Gein. A lot of things are about Ed Gein. Wait, this is from 1974, right? Yeah. Deranged. Deranged. Yeah, it's all about Ed Gein. Hmm. Never seen it. I wonder if they show the lampshades made out of skin. It's three hours and three minutes. Dang. That's pretty big for a film from 1974. Now, Cleopatra, I think that was three and a half hours long. Cleopatra was like 1960-something, or or late 50s, I think. Ravenous from 1999. We all enjoy a good meal, but what if you had to eat human meat for your next meal? Yes, this is one of the most underrated movies on cannibalism, which will spook you like nothing else can, because you are what you eat, quite literally. Have you seen that, Ravenous? I have not seen Ravenous. Now, the next one, The Right, I have seen that. Did you like it? Uh, it was very good, actually, um, if you like stories on exorcism and the devil, based on the life of one of the most famous exorcists of America, Father Gary Thomas. This movie will scare the hell out of you. One piece of advice, don't try it alone. <laughs> uh, it was pretty creepy, from what I remember. I think it was Ethan Hawke that played in that. Oh, I thought it was Sinister. No, yeah, Sinister was Ethan Hawke. The right was uh, Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. The Haunting in Connecticut. This is another Ed and Lorraine Warren case. The plot of this movie is not new. You buy a new place to live in. You are not happily received by the ghosts. What is scary is that we know this really happened to Alan Carmen Schnedecker, who had their house that was at one time a funeral parlor and seances took place in it. And the boy that worked for the funeral parlor, uh, the coroner was being exploited by him because he had psychic ability. The boy did. So the coroner gets into some dark magic and decides to start using methods from dark writings to trap the spirits from the dead and use them during seances and during um, incantations and sort of like control the spirits through this medium, the kid. And it really pissed off the dead. Borderland, based on a real cult leader, Adolfo de Jesus Constanazo. The movie has gory details on how human sacrifice was practiced by the cult. Spoiler. Toes, fingers, and even brains were cut out by him. And you can watch all of this in this movie. Just don't eat spaghetti while you're doing it. Uh, Interesting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The Strangers. This one was unsettling because it could really, really happen. It is. And there's no happy outcome to it. Oh, I know. They die in the end. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. But this movie was out in 08. If you've not seen it yet, boo-hoo on you. Mm -hmm. This movie has psychopaths and murders. The director of this movie drew inspiration from murders by serial killer Charles Manson, which – how can you call him a serial killer? He himself didn't kill anyone. But he he commanded people, people to, do it. to do it. Yeah, I mean, he, he doesn't earn the, right, the title of a serial killer, yeah. maybe a serial manipulator, and a series of events that took place near his childhood home, which uh, was out down the road around Southeastern. That's where Charles Manson is in from. Ohio? In Ohio. Uh, he grew up about 30 minutes east of here. It's terrifying. 
love gripping movies that scare till the very end? If yes, then Strangers would be it. The Entity from 1982. Ever seen that? I believe I have. I think it was one of the first ones I saw as a small child. It sounds familiar. In 1974, paranormal investigators Carrie Gaynor and Barry Taft Taft work at a place where they saw moving objects. This movie is based on the same incident where the ghost abuses people sexually. I know. I've heard about this. I think he did something to a kid, too. I don't know. That's what I heard about. Uh, The Exorcism of Emily Rose really slow burn of a movie with a lot of flashbacks. Isn't it like a court movie? It all takes place in a courtroom. Yeah, I heard it was pretty disappointing. If you're expecting The Exorcist, you'd be highly disappointed. Uh, The flashbacks were cool. That was about it. This is based on the life of, I'm going to butcher this name, Annalise Mikkel, who was possessed by demons so strong that her exorcism took nearly a year to accomplish it is one of the most famous exorcism movies, and it is all very real and did happen. The Possession from 2012. I believe this one has the guy that plays Negan in Jeffrey The Walking Dean Dead. Morgan. I believe he's the dad. Yeah, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. The movie is based on the real haunted Dybbuk box story. You know what a Dybbuk box is? I think I do. I've heard the name before. The practice is used um, heavily in the Jewish faith. Uh, in fact, uh, Dybbuk is a Hebrew word for uh, trapped, for closed in. Yeah. And you you take a dark entity and trap it in a Dybbuk box so it can't get out oh, yeah, and hurt yeah. anyone or manipulate you. Um, I mean, whoever bought uh, the box faced its consequences. And oddly enough, the story begins with this box ending up in an estate sale, which is how it comes in the possession of the young girl. Numerous owners of the box in real life reported strange things happening to them, and it was sold on eBay, and people have shared stories with why they got rid of it, what they encountered, and people are willingly looking for Dybbuk boxes on eBay just to have a haunted item in their collection. Not a good idea. No, definitely not. So if you're looking for a box to keep your receipts or important papers safe, do yourself a favor and buy a non-demonically possessed safe. Yes. But you can buy possessed Dybbuk boxes? Yeah, unfortunately, there's a whole array of haunted items. There's a special category for it on Craigslist or eBay. Uh, you can get cursed or haunted items. I would not. No. I would not suggest that. I've helped people in the past with cursed items, paintings, or antiques they picked up and. And I'm like, you need to get this item out of your home. You need to do something with it. Get it out of your possession. Don't give it to someone else. Don't destroy it. But just like bury it. Throw it away. Deliver Us from Evil from 2014. Like exorcism movies with twisted old tricks? (coughs) Goodness. This is what will save you. It is based on a book called Beware the Night, which is based on non-fictional events. Book yourself for this film. I believe I've seen Deliver Us from Evil. I think I have. I, Eric Bana is in that. Really? Yeah, it's about uh, cases that this cop yeah. has been working on, and he gets like kinetic and psychic flashes and touches certain items and, yeah. and, try, and finds missing people. 
Eaten Alive from 1980. Have you ever seen that? I haven't. We need to look that up. I mean, if you want some alligator-related horror flicks, uh, keep this one on your list. This is based on Joe Ball, a man who killed around 20 women and watched alligators feed on them. I don't know if we should watch that. It might be a bit too much. It's probably early inspiration for Rob Zombie there. Let me see. Let me look at that. It's so gory, but it's worth it because it happened for real. Oh, that's even more disturbing. That is nasty. Fire in the Sky. This one, I remember this one. It came out. I was so uh, either a, I was a senior in high school. And it's about an alien abduction. Yeah. Uh, can you guess how um, it would feel to be captured by aliens and lie in a cocoon next to corpses of other people from Earth? Travis Walton alleges that aliens captured him in 1975, year of my birth. Almost like they dropped me off and they took him too. Anyway, this movie revolves around what happens to him. It's a scary science fiction flick that you cannot miss. I strongly urge you to watch this, Luke. It is wicked cool. Curse of the Zodiac. And you're all about reading on the Zodiac Killer anyway. Chris, I thought it was just Zodiac because Zodiac also came out in 2007. I think this was one of those instances where the mainstream Zodiac film came out and then this lesser known one came out at the same time. Mm-hmm. Based on a serial killer called The Zodiac, this horror movie has a lot of cryptic messages and codes to decode, but at your own risk. And you just shared with me, what, a week and a half ago that they figured out who The Zodiac Killer yeah. was. Finally. <clears throat> finally figured it out silent house and that's the one with um elizabeth olsen in it it's an independent american horror movie based on a real incident in uruguay if you like real time oh is that is that the one with elizabeth i don't know i've never heard of silent house before silent house oh yeah no i don't know I'm what this one is never the biggest fan of Real-time found footage, yeah. They can be just yeah, this one might be... I uh, couldn't get in the Cloverfield. It was too shaky. Really? Cloverfield's <laughs> awesome! Mm. Dude, you gotta watch it. Try it again. How old were you when you tried it? I don't remember, like 12. Yeah, just try it again. You'll be blown away. It's such a smart film. I tried to watch Inception when I was like 10, and it was so confusing, so I, <laughs> so I stopped watching it, and I watched it again like a year ago, and I loved it. Yeah, Inception's mind-blowing. Oh, here's a good one. Annabelle. Oh, I've never seen Annabelle. From, oh, you haven't? No. Yeah, you gotta watch it. From 2014, the opening scene of this movie is just like that of The Conjuring, and the story continues with the most scary, possessed doll there has ever been. And this story is also very true that people who taunted the doll in the museum where it's being kept, Ed yeah. and Lorraine Warren's museum, face near death or fatal accidents. Very spooky. The Dentist from 1966. Never seen this one. One thing for sure that after seeing this movie, they say your next visit to the dentist would be really hard to get through. It is based on a dentist who turned out to be a serial killer. Jeez. Wow. Imagine him fitting you for dentures and using the teeth of his victims as your new dentures. Or like using the power drill. Yeah. Yeah, you get a little carried away. Wolf Creek. I've seen this one. Never seen it. It's twisted. It's based on something that really happened in Australia years ago. 
Now, what did your mom say about never talking to strangers? This movie is loosely based on two men, Ivan Malat and Bradley John Murdoch, and their crimes. This movie will shend shend sev- shivers down your spine. <laughs> shend shivers. And it took place in the outback, in an area of Australia where uh, one it was either Ivan or Bradley would drive around with a tow truck and look for people to help you know, or to kill. Whichever. The Conjuring 2. Oh, yes. Love the Conjuring series. Me too. Another tale of paranormal investigators, Ed and Lorraine Warren. This one's set in England, and the movie deals with the infamous Enfield case, which dealt with a family that was being tormented by a poltergeist. Uh, one side of the group that was investigating with the Warrens that were local uh, were saying that the family was faking it. Yeah. That they had proof that they were faking it. But the Warrens got to the bottom of the case and discovered that two of the girls were embellishing on things that were happening. But the main girl that the things were happening to, it was all verified and proven to be true. Yeah. So that concludes the series of films I wanted to discuss with you uh, about cursed and haunted films that are based on actual events. Did you enjoy that? I did. So now you're probably going to check out all these films, and if you've already seen them, you're probably going to watch them again? Yeah, probably. I would would suggest that for the listening audience as well. What was your fun fact? Um, Well, you know the exorcist? There's a scene in, like, the hospital where these two, I think, doctors, because I haven't seen it, but there are two doctors, and they're operating on this girl. I haven't seen the movie, but... Um, the one in the back working like the MRI machine was an actual serial killer in real life, and they found it out years after the movie's release. <laughs> Talk about not vetting your uh, crew well enough. I know. But of course, in that time, they probably didn't do a lot of background checks. It's just if you had a pulse yeah. and could pee in a bucket, you got a job. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, anything else to add? Oh, also in Psycho, um, it was the first movie to ever show a toilet on screen. <laughs> there were no toilets before that? Because it was considered filthy. Oh, toilet humor, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any fun facts to share? Well, didn't they show her butt in that film as well? No, they actually did not show any. It was the do. remake with Vince Vaughn where they showed um, the butt. Which I heard was awful. Yeah, it was a shot-by-shot shot remake of the original, and it did not do it justice. No. Now, there was no originality to the remake. At all. I don't know why you would even need to remake it, but yeah, you should never remake Psycho. And they're talking about remaking The Exorcist, but I wish they'd leave it alone. Only if you can get someone good to like, like Ari Aster to remake it or something. Oh yeah! Wow, imagine him taking on The Exorcist. <laughs> I know. Midsummer taking on The Exorcist. Or Mike Flanagan or something like that. Oh, Flanagan would be great at that. Hey, talk about a, a twisted take on The Exorcist. I think he'd make it more disturbing than the actual subject matter in the film. And with a lot of monologues. <laughs> yeah, monologue worth the wait. <laughs> yes. Uh, please hold for an important message from one of my sponsors. Available to order now, my first audiobook, Neil Parks Presents Truly Terrifying Tales, narrated by me. It's ready to order and download on bandcamp.com. My other books, of course, are always available to order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Lulu.com. 
You can also order t-shirts that I designed that I normally sell at conventions, festivals, lectures, and my book signings. I always have the 9-inch tall 3D printed Bigfoot silhouettes available. And last spring, my first children's book was released. It was written by my good friend and fellow author, R.L. Walker. I illustrated this book, and it was a major shift in gears for me, considering that my writing and art style has always been dark and scary. To order any of what I just mentioned, you can also go to my email, which is parksparanormal at gmail.com. That is parksparanormal at gmail.com. Standing by. The Poltergeist Curse. Inside the Mysterious Cast, Deaths, and Oddities on Set. Let's take a look at the Poltergeist Curse and reveal all of the sus suspect deaths surrounding the film series. When you mix a daughter who communicates with spirits living inside a TV set, a backyard that becomes a swimming pool of muddy skeletons, a wolf-beast demon that lives in a closet, and Steven Spielberg's genius, you get the perfect formula for a blockbuster. Total scariness. Released in 1982, the original Poltergeist, directed by Tobe Hooper and produced by Spielberg, was an instant success and is considered to be a masterpiece of American horror cinema. The film focuses on the Freelings, a middle-class family led by a youthful, dashing Craig T. Nelson, whose life is upturned when a number of paranormal and vicious events occur in their California home and their daughter, Carol Ann, is abducted through her bedroom closet by a group of ghosts who are under the control of a monster demon called the Beast. After learning that their house sits atop a Native American burial ground, the Freelings spend their time attempting to retrieve Carol Ann and all the while stay sane as they get smacked around, terrorized, and ultimately goobered up on in a bathtub. With Poltergeist's success came a creepy mystique that the classic film is shrouded in, real-life tragedies that some interpret as a curse. Four cast members died during and soon after the filming of the series. The majority of the fuel for the alleged curse stems from the deaths of multiple cast members. In total, four cast members died during and soon after the filming of the series. Two of these tragic deaths were highly unexpected and puzzling, leading many fans to speculate that the trilogy's eerie implications. Carol Ann Freeling, the young focal point of the series, was played by Heather O'Rourke, only six years old when the first Poltergeist film was released. O'Rourke captivated audiences with her stark blonde hair and her doll-like appearance and big inquisitive eyes. Sadly, however, she was misdiagnosed with Crohn's disease in 1987. The following year, O'Rourke fell ill again and her symptoms were casually attributed to a flu. A day later, she collapsed and suffered a cardiac arrest. After being airlifted to a children's hospital in San Diego, O'Rourke died during an operation to correct a bowel obstruction and was later believed that she had been suffering from a congenital 
intestinal abnormality. Dominique Dune. Dominique Dune, who played the original older sister, Dana Freeling, met an equally tragic and unforeseen fate. In 1982, Dune separated from her partner, John Sweeney. In November of that year, he showed up at Dune's house, pleading for her to take him back. When she refused, Sweeney grabbed Dune's neck, choked her until she was unconscious, and left her to die in her Hollywood Holmes driveway. Sweeney was sentenced to six and a half years in prison, but released after three years and seven months. Julianne Beck and Will Sampson. The other two cast member deaths, while unfortunate, were not as unpredictable or mysterious. The evil preacher Kane from Poltergeist 2 was played by Julian Beck. In 1983, Beck had been diagnosed with stomach cancer, which took his life soon after he finished work on the second installment of the series. The same film was met with further tragedy after Will Sampson, who played Taylor, the Native American shaman, died after undergoing a heart-lung transplant which had a very slim survival rate. Now, other strange things that happened on the set, cast deaths were not the only agents of the curse's proliferation or as other peculiar and creepy legends surround the film franchise. Joe Beth Williams, who played mom, Diana Freeling, in the first two films claimed that director Spielberg insisted on using actual human skeletons as props in an attempt to save money at the time they were cheaper than plastic skeletons. Williams' claim has never been verified, but it persists to this day in the lore surrounding the film's curse. Finally, in an effort to further creep out everyone's involvement, Samson, the real-life medicine man who passed away due to circumstances mentioned earlier, performed an authentic exorcism after shooting wrapped up one night. One can only imagine how this made the other cast members feel. Now playing one of the biggest podcasts of the week on the free iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. Unparalleled Insider Access. Get it all. Introducing the SiriusXM Platinum VIP Plan. Our newest, most exclusive plan. Listen in two cars, plus stream anywhere with two app logins. Access a massive, exclusive library of live concert video and audio recordings through nugs.net. Have opportunities to experience live and virtual SiriusXM events, including VIP-only exclusives. Get all your questions answered by a dedicated VIP customer care team. Plus, get all the entertainment we've got. It's all included with your Platinum VIP subscription. Be a VIP. Call 844-711-8800 to learn more. Offer details apply. One login for activated vehicle. Not available in Canada. Well, that was fun, but it's that time again. Time for the end of the week. The end of the show for the week, anyway. Had a lot of fun having my son as a guest on the show and discussing horror cinema, paranormal f- fiction cinema, or 
actual paranormal fact. Movies based on things that have actually happened. It was a lot of fun and open discussion. Need to have more of these. But thank you so much for joining me this week. I'm Neil Parks, your host for Paranormally Speaking. Join me next week for more fun and weird anecdotes and some new stuff to discuss. I have a couple of more episodes lined up before I go on the seasonal hiatus, which will kick off around Thanksgiving. And I won't return back with any new episodes until January. But thank you so much for listening. Keep your eyes on the sky. Listen when you're in the woods. And when you hear bumps in the night, don't avoid it. Embrace it. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Neil Parks, signing off.